Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. Nahmaduhu, Wanastainuhu, Wanastafiruhu, Wanuminubihi, Wanatawakalu alayhi. Wanauzu billahi min shururi anfusina, Wamin sayyati amalina, Mayahdihillahu falamu dilla lah, Mayudlilhu falahadiya lah. ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله ونشهد أن محمدًا عبده ورسوله وصلى الله عليه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد فنعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم فقال الله تعالى في القرآن الكريم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اصبروا وصابروا ورابطوا واتقوا الله لعلكم تفلحون صدق الله العظيم My beloved brothers and sisters we praise Allah we thank Allah we praise we thank we lovingly appreciate Allah and thus we say alhamdulillah nahmaduhu we praise we thank we lovingly appreciate him ونستعينه we seek his help ونستغفره we seek his forgiveness we believe in him and we trust and rely upon him. And we seek refuge with Allah from the wrong within ourselves and the wrong actions in our actions. And whomever Allah guides, none can misguide. And whomever Allah lets astray, none can guide. We bear witness that there is no ilah but Allah. There is no master but Allah. We are servants to none but Allah. There is no God but Allah. And we seek from Allah to shower his blessings upon his servant and messenger, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and many more, and many more. And my beloved brothers and sisters, I ask you the same question I ask every single time I stand before you, and that's for you and I to ask ourselves, what is changing? What is changing in our world? What is changing in our society? What is changing in our relationships? And what is changing in our hearts? In the world, you and I know the announcement that was made about the shifting of the U.S. Embassy and the recognition of the capital of the occupying state moving into Jerusalem. And you and I know that this is obviously bad news in so many ways, but one key point I want you to think about is do not forget what is the central problem when we speak of Palestine, and that is the occupation of Palestine, meaning the life of one human being is more valuable than the Kaaba itself. The life of one human being is more valuable than every masjid in the world, including Aqsa. And the point being that a lot of times these things that are taking place in the news are also distracting us from what is the core issue, and that is the issue of the occupation. Then what do we do when we are here at the very least you can do du'a and do not underestimate the values of your du'a. But in our purposes for this khutbah, bring the question closer to home. What is happening in our society? There's another video that is out of a police shooting. And in this case, I don't know why I watch these videos because they're always so disturbing of a shooting in which an officer is in a hotel hallway and then he tells these two people to get on the floor and he's yelling and screaming at them. And then to make a long story short, he shoots one dead. And then he was acquitted. But the point I'm making for you and I to think about is that violence is such a norm in our society that even this does not make as much news as much as it should. And at the very least, the very least, the very least, all of this is a reminder that you and I 
will return to our creator. And on that note, thinking of what is taking place in our campus, you and I know that the father of our sister, Aisha, has returned to his creator suddenly. And to give even more context, she was in my office Monday evening for our weekly meeting. And at that point, she was telling me that she was concerned because she had not heard from her father for a couple of hours. They text each other all day long. And so when I, I said to her, inshallah, everything is fine. Maybe his phone is off. Maybe he's misplaced his phone. And then call me or text me in the middle of the night, whatever, to let me know that, they, that you have gotten in touch with him. And she called me, and as you well know, that she called me to tell us that, she, that he returned to his creator. Some of us in this room are very familiar with that feeling of what it means to lose a parent or to lose a sibling or to lose a loved one. And you never get over it. When you think of the prophet, may peace be upon him, think about how much longer after the death of Khadija, did he miss her? Years after her passing, he would still remember her. And this is also a rahmah from Allah. That when the, the son of the prophet, may peace be upon him, Ibrahim, passed away, and the prophet is standing at the grave of Ibrahim, and the Sahaba are asking him, why are you crying? Why are tears coming out of your eyes? Because you and I know that a baby is going to go straight to paradise. And what does the Prophet ﷺ say? These tears are rahmah. Or to make this point of rahmah even further, there, is, there are multiple narrations of the Prophet, may peace be upon him, speaking to the people of a particular tribe. And then he's kissing the boy of this tribe and the father who says, I have 10 children, 10 sons, and I've never kissed or hugged any one of them. And then to paraphrase, what does the Prophet, peace be upon him, say? What can I say about someone who has no rahmah in his heart? And so what I'm saying, my beloved brothers and sisters, each and every one of us share the pain in our own capacity when our friend, our sister's father returns to the Creator. And some of us who even know that feeling firsthand, this brings us back to our own losses. But what I'm also obliging you to do is if you have any relationship with Aisha as a friend, as a classmate, send a text or something of prayer. Send a text or something of support. Because this is also in the practice of the Prophet, may peace be upon him, that when there would be a death in the family, he would go visit the family. And sometimes what a family needs <coughs> is only someone just to keep company, to listen. You don't need to say, okay, inshallah, he's in paradise, that is fine. But often what they just simply need is someone to give them company. And also on that note, right now taking place in the Musalla, we're doing the Khatma Qur'an for anyone who wants to participate. People will be reading Qur'an and asking Allah Ta'ala to accept the blessings on behalf of her father. And so at the very, very least for each and every one of us, as we are completing our semester, this is a reminder that everything at some point does have an end. And who knows who will not be with us at this point next year. Maybe it'll be me, maybe it'll be one of you, 
This is a reminder that any of us can be taken at any point to begin our judgment. So bringing to the fourth question that I always ask, what is the condition of your relationship with Allah in your heart? And a few ways to measure that. What One is what is the condition of your prayers? So many of you, when you visit my office to speak about spiritual rebuilding, one of the first things we talk about is what is the condition of your prayer? And so look at how you compare today at the very, very end of the semester with what you were like back in August when the semester began in the quantity of your prayers and the quality of your prayers. And as I mentioned last week, if you pay attention after the fact, how much of your prayer you're focusing on yourself, your worldly matters, your homework, your exams, versus how much you are actually focused on Allah, leaving the dunya behind you, that will give you an idea of how much more you need to work on. And then likewise, look at the quantity. If you are one who makes all five of your prayers with all the farad, all the sunnah, then figure out where you can increase, whether it's duha prayer or tahajjud, etc. Or if you're someone who your only success is to make it to Jummah, mashallah for that, then figure out what you can do to increase on a regular basis. So that you can look back at today, when you get to May, inshallah, if Allah wills for that to happen, and you can say to yourself, I've increased in this, I've increased in this, I've increased in this. Because that is what it all comes down to, my beloved brothers and sisters. A whole lot of us, with the death of Aisha's father, have been doing a whole lot of reflection about this dunya. Because at the end of the day, what matters? That your books are dictating your destiny on the other side. So you and I know all the good that we do is recorded, all the bad that we do that's recorded. But what else is that doing? That is charting for you your destiny on the other side. Nothing else matters. And to really put it into a perspective, think of all of your dunyawi aspirations. When we are on the other side, it was no more significant than if I was trying to be the tic-tac-toe world champion. And I'm dedicating all my time to mastering the game over and over and over again. And I'm rising in all the standings and getting better and better and better. You and I would think of such a person and think, what are they using their time for? And so ask yourself the things that you invest your time in right now. What will it give you on the other side? So you're here to study, and you're here because your parents, in most cases, are telling you to study. So at the very least, you are getting rewarded for obedience to your parents. So meaning what? Every hour that you spend in study, you are getting rewarded, at the very least, for obedience to your parents. And if you become a physician, which is what most of you are trying to do, may Allah Ta'ala give it to you in an honest way, that if you spend each day in work as a physician because your parents told you to do so, then each day, inshallah, will be reward for having obeyed your parents. And then take the point a step further. If you are choosing your career, my suggestion is to choose a career of service. Choose a career in which you can give to others, not only because service is so virtuous, but also because that will be the most satisfying. Speaking as a teacher, as much as I like to talk about how much students torment me, or how much students are always asking me for extensions all the time, the point is that there's still a great joy in giving whatever it is that I've gained, passing it off to another student.
And then on the chaplaincy side, when we're sharing each other's hearts, that our relationship is me sharing a piece of my heart, you're sharing a piece of your heart. And so what is the last big point to think about in this whole conversation, whether we're talking about what's happening in Jerusalem, or whether we're talking about what is happening in our society in terms of violence, or even on campus, ultimately the best thing you can have in dunya are good relationships. Be good to people. As you get older, the sins of your childhood will haunt you. The wrongs that you've done to people will haunt you. You'll have these moments where you realize, I shouldn't have done this to this person. I shouldn't have done that to that person. I shouldn't have committed this sin. And then by the time you get to be my age, which is twice as old as most of you are, mashallah, you're going to have, hopefully not, but at least mathematically, twice as many of those things haunting you. And so what I'm saying, even from that perspective, if we put Dean to the side for a moment, I'm saying even from that perspective, always be good to people. Make it so that the interaction a person has with you is a positive interaction, even if it's something short. Because ultimately, why did so many of the Sahaba follow the Prophet, peace be upon him? He was the truth. His message was the truth. And don't forget that also part of his message was his own person and his own personality. That you love to be in his company. That you love to look at him when you are in his company. So I'm saying, be that person for each other. Be that person who gives each other good relations. And now let us take a moment and ask Allah Ta'ala for forgiveness. We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala and we seek blessings upon the Prophet So my beloved brothers and sisters, here we are winding down the entire semester and also take a moment of gratitude to Allah Ta'ala for the fact that you've made it this far and think about, about how many times you've wanted to give in, you've wanted to give up. One of my great joys, as I've mentioned to you many, many times, is when alumni come back to talk. And there was a student who came back earlier this week who last May was just a few weeks away from graduation and she wanted to give up everything in life completely. That she regarded herself as a complete failure. And she saw so many of her peers, so many of her classmates and thought they're all succeeding. They're getting interviews for med school. They're getting acceptances into med school. And then in her mind she's saying, I haven't done anything and I'm falling behind in all of my classes. And then she came earlier this week, having already been accepted into one med school, and then she even texted me last night saying that she got an interview for another place, and then I reminded her, remember what you were like just seven months ago, where you wanted to give away everything, and oceans of tears were coming out of her eyes way back then. And I'm saying that this is the nature also of dunya. On the one hand, dunya keeps taking things away from us, and on the other hand, dunya will keep scaring you. And shaitan wants you to give up. And I've said many times, using my own examples, many, many times in my life, I've reached a point because of my own doing or my own ignorance of my own responsibilities. I wanted to give up here or give up there and give up there. But life continues, and you and I do not have the privilege of giving up. That is the practice of shaitan, al-rajim.
right? Why do we call him Iblis? He is the one who's given up. He's the one who's fallen into despair. He is the one who has separated himself from everyone. And there's this legend, there's authenticity I haven't been able to verify, but still it's a good lesson that we've shared before, that Musa alayhi salam says to Iblis, al-Rajim, do you want the forgiveness of Allah? I know how to get it for you. And he says, yes. He says, all you need to do is to go to the grave of Adam alayhi salam and do that one sajda. And Iblis says, no, I can't do that. So what else is it that leads you and I to fall into despair? Sometimes it's just simply pride. That it sometimes seems easier to give up than to face the reality of whatever it is we have to face. Sometimes it feels easy, easier to give up than to face failure or to face punishment. And I'm telling you, it's much easier to face failure and punishment than it is to give up. So with that, I remind you of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and the simple translation is indeed, 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 Allah and His angels send blessings upon the Prophet. O you who believe, send blessings upon him. Inna Allahu wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala nabi Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa barik sallim. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa barik sallim. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa barik wa sallim. O oh Allah, we call upon you with all of your names to shower your blessings upon the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and upon his family and upon his companions and extend the blessings and peace upon them all. Rabbana atina fid dunya hasanah wa fil akhirati hasanah wa qina adhab nar Our Lord, our cherisher, our sustainer, grant us the best of this life and the best of the hereafter, and protect us from the fire. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifoon, wa salamun ala al-mursaleen, wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Aqim as-salaam. Allahu Akbar.